thank you that Lord, your word is alive, active Lord. In it is truth that can set us free. I want to pray that Lord today, uh, your word will really be spoken through our pastor Chi Ming. I pray that Lord, he will speak to his inner man and energize him uh, to speak to us Lord. Give us open hearts to receive Lord. We really want to be set free from uh, the struggles and the bondages uh, that we continue to deal with in our lives, Lord. Give us a word, Lord, in season today as we uh, look with expectancy, Lord, to what you have to say to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Good afternoon. Glad to see all of you here. Yes, there are quite a, a few uh, bunch went to the first service. That's why we have a lesser group of people. We will continue our series uh, on the book of uh, First King under this person called Elijah. If you can recall, we were just talking about uh, living securely in the insecure world. I started off the series to talk about um, how the three tests that God brought Elijah through when the brooks dried up and his feeding. And then... Um, Last week, Pastor Raymond Sim talked about standing alone, standing alone, fighting about uh, Prophet Elijah fighting against the prophets of Baal as well as uh, Asherah. And today, we're going to talk about prevailing prayer, prayers that will really prevail. I want to ask you a question as I start. What comes to your mind when I mention the word prayer? What comes to your mind when I mention the word prayer? Okay, it's a very common term. It's a very common term. Um, people from various religious backgrounds will view prayer very differently. Okay? Some of you may be viewing prayer as a wonderful gift, something that is wonderful that God has enabled for men to be able to talk to Him. Some of you may be very excited about prayer as you have seen answered prayer. But there may be some who understand, yes, I need to pray, but I, I have not been praying as much. Some may see this as another religious act or ritual. Some may just, don't talk about prayer, I say, I, I seldom pray. Uh, but they are, the Bible is full with fantastic promises about God. The Lord Jesus Christ, before He left on the earth, before He left the disciples, He gave the disciples two wonderful promises. One is the promise of the Holy Spirit. Second is the promise about prayer. Just listen to this. Uh, Bible promises. Let me just read to you. Until now you have not asked anything in my name. Ask and you will receive so your joy will be at the fullest possible joy. So that you will be at the fullest possible joy. The joy, people seek for joy and the secret of joy is seeing your prayer being answered. And that's what the Lord Jesus Christ promised. He said, pray in my name and I will answer you. And then another promise in Mark 11 uh, verse 24, For this reason I tell you, when you pray and ask for something, believe that you have received it and you'll be given whatever you ask for. Wonderful blank check God given to us. And in Jeremiah 33, 3, it says, Call to me and I will answer you and I will tell you wonderful and marvelous things that you know nothing about. Nothing about. This is a wonderful um, offer they've given to us. I will not give this kind of offer to my son. I will not go to tell my son, Ask anything in Papa's name and I will give you. It's a very, very dangerous offer. Uh, 
given to him because first, I don't have the capacity to give whatever he asks. And secondly, uh, not everything that he asks for, I believe, will be good for him. But this is the promise that God has given to us. Though he will answer according to his uh, timing, but this is a wonderful thing. And I see that God answers prayer. I, I remember a particular brother. Uh, last year, we went for a men's weekend. Um, and the men's weekend, we end with uh, certain things that certain people would like to do. And the brother take those uh, concerns of other brothers seriously and have been praying until this year. For one year, I have been praying and this morning we were praying together. And he mentioned that, hey, I've been praying for this particular brother, how you have desired to do certain things. And because of his example last year, I decided to do something. I decided to write down, I know that I'm involved in the young adults ministry. I begin to write down requests, personal requests, as well as a group request that people have. And just last week, I begin to look through those requests and those requests that God have answered, I'll put it at the bottom. And as I do that, I see God have answered a lot of very interesting prayer. Some broken relationship God have restored. Some people have been not uh, be able to visit, come to us regularly and the Lord have blessed them. Some, um, we are asking for leaders and God have blessed them. And as I see prayer by prayer, God answers them. My heart is full of joy. And that's a great thing. And that's our Father's heart. Just as much as I don't give those blank uh, promises to my son, but I take delight in fulfilling his desire, whether he asks it or not. I take delight in doing that. And that's the heart of our Father in heaven. He takes delight in answering our prayer. But the question is, though we know and understand that God answers prayer, why are we not praying as often enough? Or why are we not praying as, as, as long enough or with as much faith? Why is it so? Is it because uh, we are too busy? Is it because we are too lazy? Or because we are lack of discipline? I'm not sure what are, what are some of these reasons. But I want to propose to you, perhaps there are some, one particular reason that maybe we are not praying as, enough, as often enough or praying hard enough to see the Lord answering our prayer. Uh, recently, I'm listening to uh, a message by Pastor Rick Warren and from the States. He mentioned about three things. First of all, he said, as Christians, we need, we need to increase our knowledge about God. Knowledge, I'm talking about hate knowledge, knowledge. And second thing, we need to know about perspective. The knowledge answer the question, what? Perspective answer the question, why? In the mind. But we cannot go at just these two levels. We need to go to the third level. We need to go to a level of conviction. The why in the heart. Not just in the head, in the heart. What's the difference between the conviction and perspective? Conviction is a particular belief that you're willing to stake your life for. Willing to die for something that you believe very strongly. Many Christians, including myself, I said, look, if God has answered, why I don't pray as much? Why I don't pray as fervent? I don't think it is lack of knowledge as well as perspective. We have known enough. We have gone through a series Bible studies about prayer. I don't think it's a question of discipline too. But usually, I believe it's a question of lacking the conviction. The convictions that God will intervene. The, convic the convictions that the importance of prayer, this gift of prayer, or the convictions that I need God. 
if you don't feel the need for God, you will not pray. But if you feel that strongly that you need for God, you will pray. And I mentioned earlier, it's not a question about discipline. Why? Let me just give you an example. Um, perhaps I've shared this before. It's about uh, a particular boy. Every day, he wakes up late to go to school. The mother had to pester, the mother had to push, cajole, pour water, whatever it is, just to make him make sure that he wakes up on time to go to school. You might think that this boy has a discipline problem. But then one particular morning, the mother said, uh, no, one particular night, the mother said, next morning we are going to the beach. And this boy loved to go to the beach. And guess what? Very early in the morning, the boy is already awake. What makes the difference? Priority. The boys value the beach more than his sleep and he was willing to wake up early. And sometimes I look at my life and sometimes I, I ask myself, why do I don't pray more? Why do I don't make time? Because the issues about this prayer or the concerns or the thing is not as important enough. But we will make times for things that are important. We make time to, to eat when our stomach needs for it and we make time to sleep. But sometimes we will skip sleeping, we skip eating because there are something more exciting or something more important that can occupy. And therefore, we make time for it. We make time for our holidays. We will squeeze our work schedule so that we have take the time we can able to go for that break. Sometimes we squeeze time to go for the hobbies or things that we like. And we place important in that. What we make time for reveals what we truly value, what we truly have conviction about. And I believe that we all know that God answers prayer. And that prayer is more effective than striving. And God's way is better than our ways. But we need to feel it in our hearts, conviction enough. You see, if you look carefully, the world is not changed usually better or for worse by people who have great strength or people who have great knowledge or people who are great wealth. But people with convictions, they are the world changer. Look at the Apostle Paul, the Lord Jesus Christ, and also Napoleon, Hitler, Nelson Mandela, Mother Teresa, including here in Singapore, Lee Kuan Yew. These are men and women with convictions. And I hope that today, as I share with you about the life of Elijah, I hope that it can able to stir within you. Starts with the knowledge, goes with perspective, stir within you to put into practice how to develop the conviction. It requires actions, one, twice, continuous, then become a habit, and after a while become at the conviction level. And I pray that you will, can able to help you. Let's look at uh, James chapter 5. Can you have the next slide? James chapter 5, verse 16 to 18. It talks about James. Uh, James described about the life, the prayer life of Elijah. He said here, the earnest prayer of a righteous man has great power, produces wonderful results. Elijah was as human as we are. Yet when he prayed earnestly for no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the rain began to yield its crops. The prayer of a righteous man. Who are the righteous men? People who have been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. As long as you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you come before Him, God's blood cleanses you. Cleanses you. you have the righteous standing before the Lord and then when you pray, things will happen. 
And this is a man of convictions. I would like us to now look at, turn to your Bible to look at First uh, Kings chapter 18. Turn to your Bible. It's a long passage. I will not put on the PowerPoint. I'd like us to just... This passage happened after Elijah confronted the prophet of Baal as well as Asherah and how God was victorious. God sent fire to burn up the, the sacrifice and God was victorious and the people began to exclaim. Let me just read to you First uh, King 18 verse 39. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. Then Elijah commanded them, Seize the prophets of Baal. Do not let them, do not get anyone get away. They seized them. And Elijah had them brought down to Kishon Valley and slaughtered them. Slaughtered there. And Elijah said to Ahab, Go, eat and drink, for there is a sound of heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink. But Elijah climbed to the top of Mal, the top of Carmel, bent down, to the ground and put his face between his knees. Go and look toward the sea, he told his servant. And he went up and looked. There is nothing there, he said. Seven times, Elijah said, go back. The seventh time, the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariots and go now before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds, and the wind rose. A heavy rain came on, and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came upon Elijah, and tucking his clothes into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. All the way to Jezreel. This context here, there was a battle, as I mentioned, and then finally the people acknowledged that Jehovah is God, that He is the real God. The time of judgment is over, the drought, no more drought, time to pray for rain. What can we learn from the prayer life of Elijah? What can we learn that can build our, life, our prayer life, the convictions about prayer? The first thing is that he prayed positive prayer. Why he prayed positive prayer? Positive prayer, it reveals his, con, his uh, confidence. Next slide. Positive prayer to reveal his con, confidence. His confidence in the Lord. Let me, if you look at verse 41, there was drought, and yet he tells the king Ahab, go, go and eat and drink. And then verse 43, he said, go and look towards the sea. In between 41 and 43, he spent time in prayer. But his confidence is revealed in his instructions here. He said, go. And this is in the midst of drought and famine. Drought and famine, it is a, it's an instruction of faith. Drought and famine, there's limited water, limited food, and yet he was so confident that God will answer his, his prayer. And three and a half years before that, God already instructed uh, Elijah to pray for no rain. So there were no rain for three and a half years. Do you know what it means to experience drought? I know it's very hard to to imagine that in Singapore because it's rained regularly. I watch documentary shows regularly and I, I could see the time in, 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 um, in Africa where those anima, uh, animals have to migrate because they were low rainfall 
and then you see the, the river drying up, and then you see all the, the fish begin to flip, flip, they begin to, to jump because the lack of water, and finally the fish all died. And it's a very scary thing. And I go and check it out out of curiosity. When is the longest dry spell in Singapore? Since 1893 until today. You know when is the longest dry spell in Singapore? It happened in the year 2005. January to February. There were 40 days without rain. That's the longest. 40 days without I don't know whether you, do you remember those moments? <laughs> I, I was in China then, so I, I couldn't remember. But I believe they were, they were tough time. And then there was a time, another period in Singapore history where there was water rationing because not enough water. It happened in April 63 to February 64, almost a year, for 10 months. There were water rationing. You only can have water, you, there will be no water. You cannot turn on the tap from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. for 10 months. Tough. Okay, imagine you, you, yes, I don't know how the, you cannot flush, you, 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 you just have to use limited. It is a very tough uh, situation without water. Water, food supply will be lacking, sickness will increase economically, social uh, issues will be terrible. That's what happened during that time. They were three and a half years. They are at the mercy of nature. But under that kind of bleak circumstances, Elijah was able to stand up and because the Lord had instructed him, he go and tell the, the servants, go, look towards the sea. That is the Mediterranean Sea where usually the rainfall will come from there. So confident was he that he was able to tell Ahab, Ahab, you go and have a feast. Not just afraid that he will, he will not have food, but he, that he can able to eat more to have a feast. And Hebrew 11.1 1 says, what is faith? Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and convictions of things unseen. Conviction that God is going to answer. And that, that is what it's all about here. You pray with confidence. And I remember last year, the youth also, uh, after the camp, they were so excited. So they decided to, be, to, be, to, to go and to be led by the Lord to pray and to bless people. So they went to the various shopping centers. And I know one group went to Harbour Front. So as they were praying, they saw a man with a wheelchair. So they felt that maybe they go and bless the man with wheelchair. They asked the man, Uncle, how can I help you? They said, that, oh, I want to buy a shoe. I've been wheelchair bound. They buy a shoe. Uh, so said, then the, the, a few youth actually offered to push the uncle around to buy his shoe. And then after that, they said, Uncle, can I pray for you? So they just pray. And after the prayer, pray for healing. After the prayer, God impressed on one of the youth. He said that maybe you should ask uncle to stand up. So by faith, he said, uncle, would you like to try to stand up? Uncle had been wheelchair for some time. And true enough, by faith, he, he was able to stand up for a short while. And, he, and then he sit down. And God at that moment chose to answer the prayer of these two youth. They were able to pray with confidence that God can heal. And at that short moment, God did enable the uncle. And there was joy. And that's our God. Our God wants to answer our prayer. And we need to pray like Elijah. Positive prayer. Positive prayer that shows our, our, our confidence. And I also read another story by, uh, by an author, um, 
written by Howard Hendrick, another Christian good author. He was writing on a book called Elijah. He shared a beautiful story. He said a story about a lovely family whose uh, father decided to leave his job to able to serve the Lord. So he sold his business and then he entered into full-time Christian work. And at the moment, as after he entered uh, financially, things were, were not doing very well. They were, the family were getting you know, in financial needs. And during one of the family devotions, they have a youngest son. His name was Timmy. Timmy asked his father, said, Daddy, do you think Jesus would mind if I ask him for a shirt? Of course not, the father answered. And then they begin to write, take the prayer book and then write down, a shirt for Timmy. And then the mom added, size 7. Why the mom was able to add size 7? Because the mom was confident that God will answer the prayer in whatever way. So I put size 7. And every night, Timmy will, will look at the prayer request book and then he will pray for every night. And then one day, the mother received a phone call from a Christian businessman uh, in downtown. And then he said that they are having a, a clearance sales. Then they found that there were some uh, boy shirts, so she decided to call the, the mom because they have four boys. So they, they tell the mom, uh, would you care to have some boy shirts? The mom says, sure. And the mom asks, what size? Size seven. How many do you have? The mom asks. I have 12 of them. 12 of them. So that evening, the mom decided to do something interesting. And then, uh, as expected, before they, they sleep, and then the boy, Timmy, come to mom and say, Mom, don't forget, let us pray for the shirt. And the mom say, Oh, we don't have to pray for shirt. God has answered our prayer. He has? Say, right. And then he arranged for another brother, Tommy, to bring in the first shirt. And then Timmy's eyes opened up very wide. And he said, That's not all. Tommy went out to bring out a second shirt. A wise reader, third shirt, fifth shirt, 12 shirts given to Timmy. And that's a father's heart to bless us. And the mom was able to have confidence and able to pray. So was a prayer of Timmy. And God blessed him. Where can this confidence come from? Where can this confidence and conviction of our prayer come from? It comes from knowing God at His Word. We need to read the Word of God. And to be assured, God's heart towards us. God wants to bless us. And the more we read, the Word of God will dwell in our hearts and give us the affirmations. And then there we need to have constant practice in prayer. The more we pray, the more likely to see um, God answering our prayer. And our daily walk with the Lord, constantly communing with Him. Then you will know God's heart. You know what to pray. And he has given the convictions and the confidence. So the first thing that we can learn about prayer from the life of Elijah is that he prayed positive prayer because of his confidence in the Lord. Secondly, he was able to pray passionate prayer. Next slide. Passionate prayer. Why? Because of his strong desire. Because of his strong desire. Just now I mentioned in between 41, 42, there was verse 42. 41 and 43, there was verse 43, 42. That's what Elijah went to pray. Let me read to you. So Ahab went off to eat and drink. But Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. That's a very interesting posture. 
This is a posture of earnestness, posture of reverence before the Lord, as well as posture of prayer. Posture of prayer. Why? Even though he didn't mention the word prayer, James mentioned Elijah did pray. This is a posture where a person that is really longing for to see the thing happen, and he was expressions expressing his earnest desire for rain. And in James chapter five verse seventeen, next, it said there. That's how I read the word. Elijah prayed earnestly, earnestly. He was praying passionately. Elijah's prayer life was marked with a great intensity and prayer and passion. Why? Because he longs to see rain. He has been. He saw his people suffering in the drought. He himself included, and he saw the longing of the people for water. And the strong desire make him want to pray very passionately. We need to pray with passions. And sometimes people say, "Hey, Christians, we can just um, just pray quietly." I have seen people who pray that, and then you pray. Your outer expression reveal what is in your heart. When you, not that our passionate prayer, our outer ex. ex not that our, we need to, to, sh- to follow the outward expression, but rather look at our heart. What does our outer expression reveal what's in our heart here? Do we long to see that prayer answered? Do we long to see God answering our prayer? Are you very concerned for that? Because of that strong desire, that's why Elijah prayed passionately. Let's look at the Lord Jesus Christ. Next slide. Hebrews chapter 5, verse... In the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with loud cries. Jesus was crying with loud cries and tears to the one who can save him from the death. He was hurt because of his fervent submissions. Jesus is God's son. He definitely knows God's will. Even though he knew God's will, he still prayed with that passion of wailing and tears. Why? Why? Surely God will pray. Surely God will answer for him. Why? Because he feels very deeply about the event that is going to take place. That is the cross. He feels the hurt of mankind. And he didn't, at that moment at the cross, he will be separated from the Father. Separated from the Father. That pain. And he prayed for the strength. And he prayed for the people. And he prayed with loud, loud cry. And then they was mentioning God, he was, his prayer was answered because of the reverent submissions. That the reverence had been expressed in his passionate prayer. So reverent submissions and passionate prayer, they are compatible too. Some people say, no, 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 no. I think I, to show my reverence, I pray quietly. But when you're passionate about something, it's very hard to stay quiet. I know of a particular brother. He Normally, he's very gentle. He's very nice. He talks softly. But when you see him support his football team, he's a totally different creature. <sighs> he feels very passionate about that team. And he will scream, he will yell, he will, he will jump because he feels very strongly about that. And that's what Elijah that's the heart of Elijah, the heart of Jesus Christ. And not just the Lord Jesus Christ, not just Elijah. Let's look at next slide, next verse. 
Romans 8.26, the Holy Spirit, also the Holy Spirit help us in our weakness. We do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit Himself speaks to God for us, even begs God with deep feelings. Another version say, with groaning, groaning that words cannot explain. The Holy Spirit was interceding on our behalf passionately, with feelings too deep for words. Why? Because the request is very dear to his heart. It can be assured, even if you don't pray, the Holy Spirit is now praying for you. And the Lord Jesus Christ, and he prays with passion because he cares for you. And therefore, we need to ask ourselves sometimes, why certain times I, I, we don't pray hard enough or we don't really pray because that we don't feel that particular request. We don't feel the desire as much. And I, I remember um, praying with Koreans. You know, uh, those of you who have, who have Koreans, believer friends, believing friends, how many of you have Korean believing friends? Have you prayed with Koreans before? Oh, no, 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 no. They pray with passions. They pray with passions because they feel strongly that God wants to answer their prayer. They feel very strongly about the, the, the request they are laying before the Lord. So let's learn from the example of Elijah. He prayed with, uh, he prayed with confidence. He prayed positive prayer with confidence. And he prayed passionate prayer because of his deep, strong desire to see the prayer answered. And finally, he prayed persistent prayer. Next. Persistent prayer that reveals his desperations. That without God, nothing can happen. Without God, nothing can happen. Do you know, in the secular world, in the business world, the people who persevere generally are people who will rise up to the top. People with great commitment generally will get better jobs. I was reading a book by Dick Eastman called No Easy uh, Road. Dick Eastman is a, it's a great Christian author that write a lot of uh, articles, write a lot of uh, so-called books about prayer. And he described in that particular book about four price tags of success. There was a, a, a survey in, that partic- uh, in, a, in a major magazine about how, who are the people that were likelihood to, su- to succeed in life. The writer there mentioned about four things. First, painstaking preparations. Second, people who aim high. Third, people who help others to grow. And the last one, people who expect long days and sleepless nights. Expect long days and sleepless nights. In other words, there's no shortcut. People who are willing to persevere, to prevail in prayer. We need to to work hard in our prayer. But sometimes we, we, are, we quit easily, including myself. We quit easily. We don't pray hard enough. Look at example of um, Elijah. How does he show persistent prayer? If you look at verse 43, he told the servant, go and look at the sea. The servant went out and looked. There was nothing, he said. Seven times Elijah said, go back. And the seventh time, the, 
servant reported a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. The first time he asked the, the, the servant, go, went to sea, nothing, come back. Second time, go, nothing. Third time, go, nothing. Fourth time, go, nothing. If I were Elijah at the moment, maybe I will be, start to panic, start to doubt. God, are you going to answer my prayer? But he did not. He continued to persist. And at the seventh time, there was a small cloud. A small cloud. In between, as the servant go and come back, go and come back, I believe Elijah prayed. Elijah continued to pray fervently. And earlier part, when I mentioned about how he prayed for the, the, the widow's son, he lied down there and then prayed for the son three times. And even the Lord Jesus Christ at the Garden of Gethsemane, he had three sessions of prayer. Sessions of prayer. He was wrestling with God. Why? Why he need to persist? I believe at that moment, there was a wrestling between God's will and Christ's will. There is a tension between love for humanity and separation from the Father. It was a great... And, and Jesus needs to persevere in prayer to see the breakthrough. But why God wants us to persevere in prayer? Why don't He just... We pray one time, straight away answer. We pray one time, say, why do you want us to persevere in prayer? Is it because God is hard of hearing? I don't think so. If you look at the scriptures, there are many possible reasons. And the example of Christ, there could be a wrestling between your will and God's will. You want to certain things to get done. God say, wait first. As you pray, you realize that, no, maybe this is not God's will. God's will want me to pray for another thing. You may want to go overseas for study. But after praying, we decided to stay. When we decided to stay, God may ask you to go. So the persevering time is a time of wrestling. And maybe God wants us to, de- to want to develop our character. As we wait, as we pray, want to develop in us this patience, patience before the Lord. And sometimes God may want us to appreciate the answer more instead of giving us straight away. And so you pray, then you appreciate the answer more. And you can begin to appreciate Him more. And maybe God wants us to persevere. He wants to test our desire for the answer. Are you really serious about what you're asking? If you're serious, show it to me. And sometimes it could be a resistance from the demonic force. In the book of Daniel, when Daniel prayed, answer was given straight away from the angel. But there was a delay. Delay for many days. Why? There was, there was a spiritual battle going on. The demonic forces were stopping the angel from delivering the answer. And sometimes, God, this kind of thing happened. There was resistance. But sometimes there could be reason unknown to us. Why God wants us to persist in prayer. But one thing God encouraged us is to continue to persevere in prayer. Satan fears persevering prayer. He hates pers- persistent prayers. Some, somebody said this. Satan has the power to hold the answer back, to delay the result of, for a time. But he has not the power to hold it back finally. If someone understands and prays with quiet and steady persistence, Satan has the power to stifle ordinary prayer, but loses his power when people persevere in prayer. Persevere in prayer. I also read another story about an, a man in London. He's an atheist. He does not believe in God. His wife possessed a Bible, who reads the Bible regularly. One day, he took his wife's Bible, he threw it 
In anger, he threw the book into the flame, into the fire, and then he stormed out of the door. Later, he came back so that he can watch the Bible burn. As he was gazing into the fire, he noticed that one particular portion was not burned. One portion was unburned. So he began to pick up that portion. And with trembling fingers, he read this verse from the Bible. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. And with fear and trembling, he finally fell before the Lord and he said, Ask God for forgiveness. And he believed in the Lord. But the story did not end there. There was an interesting sequel. The man has a sister who had been praying for years for his conversions. And in fact, that particular night when he got saved, when he believed in the Lord, she was engaging in persistent prayer. And come then, God wants us to, to persist in prayer. And sometimes, praying persistent in prayer is not about praying long prayer. It's about the intensity. It's about the depth of prayer. It's about the urgency to see God answer the prayer. It's about the desperation. i got nowhere to turn to now. Now, I really need God alone. Therefore, we continue to pray and plead before the Lord, pray and storm the heaven's gate with our unfaltering, faltering prayer and persistence. Um, I heard another quotation. The usefulness of a postage stamp is in its ability to stick to something until it gets there. If you don't stick, the postage stamp will lose its purpose. It's talking about persistence. There was another great um, man of God called David Brainer. David Brainer, uh, he's a missionary in America way back in the 1700s. He lived a very short life. He died at the age of 29. But his ministry, his prayer life has inspired many Christian leaders including John Wesley, William Carey and Jim Elliot. These are famous missionaries to, to the Alka Indians, to, to India as well as to in England. Why this man have such great impact? Let me just read to you what kind of impact he had. Someone wrote about him. In the depths of the forest, this he, because he needed to preach to the Indians, the American Indian. He said, in the depths of the forest alone, David was unable to speak of the language of the Indians. But he would spend the whole days literally in prayer for the power of the Holy Spirit to come upon him so that people will recognize God instead of him. But once he was praying, uh, he was preaching, and his interpreter was drunk. So drunk was he could hardly stand. Despite what happened, people still was converted. People still respond to the gospel. Why? Because he's a man who prayed. He wrote a lot of his prayer uh, journal. He wrote now what happened about his prayer life. Let me just read to you one portion of his diary. November 3rd, he said here, I spent this day in secret fasting and prayer from morning till night. Early in the morning, I have some assistance in prayer. Afterward, I read the story of Elijah the prophet. My soul was much moved, observing the faith, the zeal, the power of the holy man, how he wrestled with God in prayer. Then I cried with Elisha. Elisha is Elijah's uh, mentee. Where is the Lord God of Elijah? I long for more faith. My soul breathed after God and pleaded with him 
for that double portion of that spirit which was given to Elijah might rest on me. And I saw God is the same that he was in the days of Elijah. I was enabled to wrestle with God by prayer and with more affection, humble and in a manner that I had in for many months past. Nothing seems too hard for God to perform. Nothing too great for me to hope from Him. I had many months lost of hope for doing any special service for God in the world. It appeared impossible. The one so vile thus has been employed by God. But this time, God was pleased to revive this hope. It's time of weakness, but he continued to pray and God worked powerfully through him. And that's something that we can learn. That we don't give up so easily in our prayer life. We don't give up so easily. I know all of us are busy, myself included. We have, we have sleep. We need rest. We need pleasure. We need work. We have commitments. But let us, in the midst of all these things, let us not miss out on this important aspect that can give us that joy. That is God answering our prayer. Let's recap what we've learned. Can you have the last slides? Edwin? Last slide. Next slide. No more. Okay. Let's recap again. We can pray positive prayer to reveal our confidence in the Lord. And we can pray passionate prayer to show that we really long and desire what we have prayed for. And to pray persistent prayer that reveals that we are desperate for the Lord to answer, to break through into our situations. I'd like to end with another story from, uh, from the book uh, No Easy Road by Dick Eastman. This Eastman this wrote this as a, a one portion about what he learned about prayer. He said, From youth, I recall the manner in which I awoke for school. No alarm was set to wake me. Daily at 6 a.m., the cry of prayer will rouse me from sleep. It was my mother praying again. Looking back at my youthful days, I do not remember all the schools I attended, all the names of my teachers. The names of most of my early friends was vanished from my memory. Many things are vague in my remembrance, save one fact, they're vividly clear. My mother prayed. And she prayed persistently. Her prayers was never voiced in swift and careless fashions. Many hours drifted away in tear-filled rivers while mom prayed. And the results? It was a family of ministers or pastors. Every child grew to serve the Lord and fear the Lord. Each have his special ministry. This is a clear result of persistent prayer. And I believe God wants to answer our prayer. God wants to bless us. But sometimes, oh, we, we, do, we are not there to claim it. We are not there to claim it. And I, today I hope that I can deposit in this desire within you. Hopefully the desire will lead to some actions. The actions you do it regularly will develop into convictions. Convictions that God answers prayer. I'd like to invite the musicians to come forward. Let's sing, let's sing a song, um, How Great Is Our God.
And today, if there are certain things in your life that you want to see breakthrough, I'd like you to use this time as we worship the Lord to plead before the Lord, to plead passionately. Let us not just think that we can do it all by ourselves. Let us, from out of our desire and desperation, let us break forth with passionate prayer before the Lord. It could be it could be a, a particular area that you want to see breakthrough. Maybe it's a relationship with people around you. Maybe it's a particular concern that you have. Maybe a particular need that you have that you have not seen. Or maybe certain things. It could be a salvation of someone. Maybe to overcome a particular difficulties. I don't know what it is. But you know and God knows. It is time to come before the Lord and present this request before the Lord. Pray with confidence. Pray with passions. And ask the Lord that you will not stop here but you continue praying. So we just rise together. Let us rise and let us just lift our voices, lift our hearts to the Lord. Our God answers prayer. He is the Father who cares for us. Let us all together now just live whatever God has placed in your heart and just pray to the Lord. Worship the Lord. 
so that when we receive it, our joy will be full, fullness of joy. And that's what you want to bless us. That is with joy. Because to experience you as a great God, as a caring God. And you also want to reveal much of yourself. You give us a promise. Call to me and I'll answer you and I'll tell you great and marvelous things. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for all these promises. And I pray that today you will deposit in our hearts this reality of prayer. That God, we will just cling on to it. And it will show as we pray prayer before you. The time when we are tired, when the time when God, when you don't feel like it, time when you feel like giving up, that things are not happening, we will continue to persist. Knowing that God, you are going to answer it. Knowing that God, you are going to bless. It may not be according to our timing, our desire, and the way we want it to be, but it will definitely be the way that God, your name will be glorified. And ultimately, we will be satisfied. We thank you, Father. Thank you for being with us this afternoon. Thank you for blessing us. Thank you in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. God bless you.